0: us in our brokenness and in our sin yet you love us we can't explain it we can't explain it intellectually we can't explain it from human knowledge scripture says that Jesus is the knowledge of God and only through Jesus can we understand the Father Holy Spirit have your way in this place today let people feel the freedom that Christ brings and if they're not already walking with Jesus I pray today they walk leave this place walking hand in hand with Jesus We worship you, Holy Father. We thank you for this moment to encounter you in a new way and maybe to hear some things we hadn't heard before, but that we're speaking life. <laughs> we love you, Father. We thank you, Father. Amen and amen. Amen and amen. Thank you. Michelle also called my auntie. Thank you, praise team. I know today's a little bit different, and so today we are not doing children's church. We're not having an assigned time for offering, because we are here just to enjoy one another today. We are here, who's excited just to hang out after this, spend some time together, eat some good food. Now listen, y'all better get scared, because I was told the chicken won't get here till 11.15. So I see that as my green light to go ahead and preach till noon or so. Wait, lunch lasts till what, four o'clock, right? It's called Lenner. Lunch and dinner. So y'all get ready. That gives, listen, I got about five hours worth of revelation the Holy Spirit keeps giving me. Um, but I won't, Listen, you, you know what my dad told me? My dad told me, say a high number, so even if you go under that, even like, let's say I say five hours, preach for four and a half, people will still be happy. So <laughs> y'all still feel like y'all got something good today. Um, <laughs> listen, uh, today, like I said, it's, it's a little bit different. Um, but today... I just, (laughs) hi, Wesley. She's having a good time. Uh, Listen, we are a family church, and that's why we choose to keep all of our families together during Friends and Family Day, because we want our units together. We want Mommy and Daddy with babies and babies with Mommy and Daddy, um, because I think it's a special place when families receive together. Um, But listen, will you close your eyes with me as as we read Scripture? I, I don't even want you to turn there. I just want you to close your eyes and let the Scripture wash over your mind. So close your eyes, As I read and just relax, listen, listen to this is the gospel. First John chapter four, verses seven through 10. Beloved, let us love one another for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was manifested toward us that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Lord God, let your word reign true today. Let it just cover our hearts and our minds. Let us be saturated in the love of the father today to see him for who he is. Holy Spirit, have your way. Prepare our hearts and minds today. Amen. Welcome everybody. For those of you who do not already know me, my name is Josiah Hodge. It is great to have you guys with us. I am the lead pastor and lead servant here of Crossroads World Outreach Center. It's an honor to have you guys with us. And I'm sorry to tell you, but I'm not just gonna give you a little 20-minute blurb of the gospel because one thing I found, even I have done this, we have cheapened the gospel. We and, and what blows my mind is we call it the simple gospel. There ain't nothing simple about the gospel. I am starting to see the gospel in a whole new way in its many facets. The gospel is so diverse. So today we are going to look at the gospel maybe in a different way than we had before in this church because Holy Spirit is teaching me a lot of stuff. I'm telling you, every day I wake up, I realize I do not know. Y'all, I have two degrees from a Christian university, Bible degrees, and every day I wake up, I realize I did not know anything as much as I thought I did. Why? Because there have been lenses indoctrinations and perspectives instilled in me that caused me not to be able to see Jesus for who he is, not to be able to see the love of the father for what that truly means. And so in this season, I told you guys, I'm in a desert season. What does that mean? That means I am no, no social media. I'm even using a flip phone to get away from my iPhone. I am clearing my life. So all I see is Jesus. Because honestly, I'm tired of reading self-help books. I don't care about none of that. I just want the cross. Revelation of the cross will set you free, but the fact of the matter is we have cheapened the cross in the church in America. And so this is what we teach. Jesus lived the life you could not, died the death you could not, and rose again. But we don't teach anyone what that means. Pray the prayer, and it's hell insurance. Pray the prayer, you won't go to hell, you're good. Just That's all it's all about. But y'all, the Father has so much more for us. I need you to understand this today. The Father did not simply create you so you accept Jesus and then nothing else ever happens in your life. That is not why you were created. You were created to walk in the love of the Father and let that radically transform your life. So today we are going to just look at the gospel maybe in a new way, and I'm praying through Holy Spirit some things he's been showing me, that for a lot of us, this is what scripture says, Jesus came to reconcile us back to the Father. This is Colossians. Jesus came to reconcile us back to the Father. I need you to hear that. Not, not to reconcile the Father back to us. I need you to hear this. The Father never left us. We left the Father. So when you hear God hates sinners, that's one of the biggest fallacies in the church today. And that's why the church is ineffective today. Because we have read, don't be unequally yoked as you can't be friends with nobody except those who are in your church. How are lost people supposed to see Jesus if you're not walking with lost people? And so the fact of the matter is I, not not through anyone specifically showing me wrong, but through this American system of church, I have not been taught to truly see Jesus. And the fact of the matter is you can't even see the Father if you don't see Jesus. Mm. Holy Spirit, have your way today. And today, I just want to speak life over you guys. Is everyone okay with that? I'm not here to say, oh, sinners in the hands of an angry God. God is not angry at you, nor has he ever been nor has he ever been. That is not scriptural. When you read that, it's a man who hated his enemies and was asking God to murder them. Can I tell you, God said, do not commit murder, yet what do we see all in the Old Testament? Murder. So was that God or was that man understanding God from the light of his own perspective and lenses of the day he was in? Hmm, this got messed with some religious people today. Why? Because I didn't even realize how religious I was until I saw Jesus. I'm telling you, I don't look like a Pharisee. I don't talk like a Pharisee, but there was such a Pharisaical spirit in my being that Jesus started to have to rip out them lenses, man, so I could see him. (laughs) We all have lenses from life. I need you to understand this. We all, listen, Sarah, you and I can go through the same exact experience but see it from two different completely ways. Our experiences. The traditions we grew up in and the culture. Listen, y'all. People in Ireland, because that's where I spent the majority of my time in college. People in Ireland see things completely different than people in America. Yeah. Come on. Come on. We are all. We all have lenses, especially at the age of 25. Now, I have so many lenses that every day I feel like Jesus has taken something away. Mm. And so the fact of the matter is, Lord Jesus, how many choose our words? We all have lenses built up. We all have things that have been built up that we cannot see the Father. And the fact of the matter is the God you look for is the God you will find. Do you want an angry God? Guess what you'll find? You'll find an angry God. You want a wrathful God? Look for him. You'll find him in the Bible. You want a loving God? Scripture just said God is love. You'll find him. The fact of the matter is we have read our own image onto the Father. And so one thing I'm working in my own heart, am I okay with whoever the Father is? That is one thing that is tearing down all my legalism, all all my biblical training, everything. And I'm saying, listen, I have learned my whole life to put God in a box. Mm -hmm. It said put him in easily understandable statements. Mm -hmm. Theology and doctrine, y'all, I have put theology and doctrine actually over God. I had idols that were theology. Mm -hmm. I have had idols that are doctrine. The fact of the matter is I was taught to put God in a box. But let me tell you this. If the angels in heaven see God face to face and never stop getting revelation, you really think here on earth we can put God in a box and fully understand him? Listen, only two, only two humans had ever seen the face of the Father truly in his full nature before Jesus. That's Adam and Eve. And guess what Adam and Eve still did? Adam and Eve still fell. What does that tell us about humanity? Y'all, we are broken. Y'all. Adam and Eve saw God face to face and still let things get in the way. But listen, let me tell you this about Adam and Eve. That's opposite of our culture. We see something we don't like about God and we just turn away. Did you know even after Adam and Eve were kicked out of the garden, they still worship the Father? Y'all don't remember that, do y'all? Y'all didn't read into the rest of the chapter. Y'all, they even taught their children to worship the Father. So the fact of the matter is God is still love even if bad things happen to you. That's going to reconcile the father back to some of y'all right there. Adam and Eve never stopped, never stopped worshiping the father. Why? Because Sarah, they saw him for he truly was. Not mean, not wrathful, not vengeful. They knew what they did separated them. And guess what? They came to terms with what they did does not determine who God is. This is why we cannot see God from the lens of our own traditions, our own experiences. None of that, y'all. God is who he is. We do not determine who he is. And y'all are going to be like, why is pastor not talking about sin? That's not why I'm here today. Right. Come on. Who in here has been to church at least once in your life? Raise your hand. Raise your hand. How many times y'all heard about sin? Did it ever stop you from sinning? I didn't think so. That's called a sin consciousness. We in the West have trained people to look at sin instead of look to Jesus. We have taught people to be sin managers, not sons and daughters of God. So we get caught our whole life just managing the sin. Oh, I'm stuck in the same thing. And Jesus is standing here like, yo, come to me. Come to me where there is freedom and there is life. Y'all, I'm telling you, I am walking in a freedom I didn't even knew existed. I can't tell you the last time I thought about sin. I can't even tell you the last time I studied scriptures on sin. Why? Because scripture said that the cross defeated all the power sin ever had. So if I'm in Jesus, what do I not even have to think about? Sin is dead because of the cross. Scripture tells us that when you confess your sin, all of that was nailed on the cross with Jesus Christ, and it was crucified with him. I cannot die a better death than Jesus, and I'm never going to try. I'll let Jesus' one sacrifice for all time be good enough so I can now walk in freedom. Didn't we just sing a whole bunch of songs about the joy of the Lord and freedom? Freedom. Mm, let's, let, let's fast forward to Moses, the law bringer, and Elijah, what we would call the greatest prophet. And I'm going to make a statement that might make us really uncomfortable. Neither one of these guys had the father 100% correct. Ooh, that's going to mess with some of us. Neither Moses nor Elijah saw the father 100% as he was. And listen, this, this, this is where we get contradictions in the Bible that are not actually contradictions. God gives Mo, the, Moses the law and it says, thou shalt not commit murder. And the Israelites continue to conquer and kill thousands and thousands and thousands of people. Was God commanding them to commit murder or were they reading their own culture into what God was saying? Now, this is going to mess with us. okay? this 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 is going to mess with us because the fact of the matter is we read our own lenses into the Bible every day of our lives. This is why you can find a vengeful God if you want him. This is why you can find a loving God if you want him. This is why you can find a merciful God if you want him. Now, this is going to bother us, and this is going to make us stretch our minds, but neither Moses nor Elijah had God 100% correct. Why? Because God is the Holy Trinity, not the Holy Uno. This is going to mess with some of y'all. Moses nor Elijah had Holy Spirit or Jesus. Jesus. If you see me with my toddler who's 16 months old and loves to throw fits and temper tantrums, if you see me one time out of all existence with my son and I'm disciplining him by Ezra, no, sir, go to time out. Y'all are going to think I'm a very mean, vengeful father if that's the only thing you ever see of me. But then you miss the other 99% of the time where I'm playing with him and loving on him and hanging out with him. Do you see how we have seen the father? We have put our lenses over him. And, y'all, we are following guys who were flawed and broken. Moses was a coward. Elijah was a coward. You think they 100% had it right? Y'all, we have put these mans on a level of perfection beside Jesus. But we're we're about to get into something that's going to take that off. Because the fact of the matter is the only one you were ever supposed to look to to see the father was Jesus. I know some of y'all looking at me like, this man done lost his ever-loving mind. Listen, their revelation of God the Father grew over time. Does anyone know how long the Old Testament was written over the span of time? 1600 years the Old Covenant was written. Do you know how much revelation you get from 1600 years and 44 different authors? Yo, my revelation of God changes every single day. I couldn't imagine living for 1,600 years, starting day one and ending on year 1,600, and realizing how different God was than how I first saw him. Some of y'all are still looking at me like I'm crazy. Y'all, I ain't never heard this in my entire life. Listen, this is where the huge inconsistencies inconsistencies, I need you to see this, inconsistencies come from the Bible when we look at the God of the Old Covenant and the God of the New Covenant. This is where the inconsistencies come from. Why? Because the guys who wrote the New Testament had Holy Spirit and walked with Jesus. Old Testament, Holy Spirit would come every once in a while upon people to do mighty works, but that is it. They saw God from one lens out of the three who he truly is. And the fact of the matter is, and listen, this is where we can't reconcile Scripture says God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. What does that mean? That means when you see Jesus loving sinners, what does that mean God does? Oh, man, that's going to mess with religious people because we think we're special. We, we, We think we're chosen people of God. Guess what? Everyone's a child of God whether we realize it or not. We all came from Adam. Adam was the first human ever created, made from the, now this is messing with people. I see it in your face. Adam was the first man ever created. Where do we all come from? Adam and Eve. What does that mean about us? If Adam was a son, what am I? What are you? A daughter. What does that mean? That means whether we acknowledge our sonship or daughtership, that's how we see the father. This is why we cannot reconcile because we never even thought through the fact that Moses nor Elijah had it right. And we're about to see how the father showed how neither Moses nor Elijah saw it 100% right. Going back to Moses, correct? Moses was given the law said, do not commit murder. And so I'm always asked the question by unbelievers and Christians alike. Why do we see so much murder in the Old Testament? And so then if you want to follow the logic of just believing Old Testament is is equivalent to the new, when the fact of the matter is God should be killing people today. So Moses then turns around and is having people massacred. And then Elijah calls down fire from heaven to prove that God is God. But then what does he turn around and do? Kills 400 men. Did God tell him to kill 400 men or did he just decide, oh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what gods are supposed to do. Do you understand all these men grew up in pagan societies where they were told what gods were supposed to do. Gods are supposed to conquer. This is why when Jesus comes, the Jews couldn't tell who he was. They thought because how they saw God as a conqueror, they thought Jesus was going to come as a conqueror. This is why they waited for a Messiah for thousands of years, and when he came, they couldn't even tell who he was because Moses and Elijah did not fully see the Father for who he was. This is why when Jesus comes in humility and love, they don't believe he's the Messiah. Why? Because he's not carrying a sword and killing people. Because the Jews thought when God came to earth, he was going to massacre the Romans. This is why, and this is taught in Bible college. I don't know if you know this. The Old Testament is called descriptive. It tells a story of history that points to Jesus, okay? I'm ta- I was taught in Bible college her- hermeneutically that the Old Testament is descriptive. You know what I was taught in the New Testament was? Prescriptive. Do you know what happens if you're prescribed glasses? Y'all, I am blind as a bat, but when I put on my prescribed lens, when I put on my prescribed lenses, I'm able to see, Lord Jesus, I'm able to see physically and spiritually who the Father is. We are meant to learn from history, so we do not repeat history. Can I tell you that? You ever heard that? We are meant to learn from history, so we do not repeat history. So why do we keep walking like Moses when we're called to walk like Jesus? Why do we keep walking like a, oh, y'all, listen, I love the IPHC. I'm a pastor, but y'all, I am sick and tired of people acting like God is power and just screaming he's going to do something. (laughs) Do you understand? That's not how Jesus came. Jesus came in grace and truth. Do you know the only people he ever raised his voice towards were the Pharisees and Sadducees? It was the legalistic people who told them, you got to do all these things to see the Father. Do you know how many lenses 613 lenses are? If you follow in the whole law, listen, Paul said when Paul's writing to the Galatians, he says this. He said, who has bewitched you to believe another gospel? That's not actually another gospel. This is what he meant. There is only one gospel and it has nothing to do with law and works. This is what Paul called a mixture gospel. He called it works and grace. Paul said, I came to bring forth the grace gospel, that there was nothing you could do to earn it. There was nothing you could even do to receive it. You just posture your heart and see the father. And I'm sad to say majority of churches preach another gospel. We say, follow Jesus, now follow 18 million rules. And it's been bothering some of y'all. I ain't been talking about sin in this church. It's been bothering. I know. I know because you've told me. I know. But the fact of the matter is the more I tell you to look at sin, guess what you're going to do more? You're going to sin. But the more we get revelation of the Father. Anybody, anybody receiving this today? Anybody hearing this? Lord Jesus. Hmm. Like I said, we we read into the Bible all the time. Do you know how many denominations there are in America? How many Christian denominations? 3,200 denominations. So we all have it right? Jesus said that a kingdom divided cannot stand. This is why the church is so ineffective. We have 3,200 lenses in which we try to see the Father. The Father is three in one, not 3,200 in one. Hmm. Freedom reigns in this place. Hmm. Lord Jesus. Hmm. Hmm. We can only see the Father. And listen, this is scriptural. So for those of you who are like, oh, the Bible says I believe it. Here you go. You can only see the Father in light of the Son and the Spirit. You can only see the Father in light of the Son and the Spirit. Scripture, Hebrews, look, for those of you who are like, he better start quoting the Bible. Uh, Hebrews 1 tells us that Jesus is the perfect image of the Father. Colossians 1 tells us the fullness of the Father dwelled in the body of Jesus. John 14, 9, Jesus says this. He looks to Thomas because Thomas says, show us the Father. And Jesus says, Thomas, you've been with me for three and a half years, son. You still don't get it? He said, when you have seen me. What does he say? When you have seen me, you see who? So for your scripture, those of you were are like, oh, he's... Heretical. No, here's your scripture right here. Now we have to understand the people in the Bible. The people in the Bible, like I said, did not have Jesus. They did not have Holy Spirit in the Old Testament. So how are they to see the Father rightly if they can't even see him but one part of him? Yeah, I'm trying to break something down here real quick. Really? Ooh, listen. I'm about, I'm about to listen. This is what my mentor Joshua Jones calls a uh, sacrificing golden calves. Ready? We're about to do this. Uh, the Mount of Transfiguration. Who knows that story? Let, let's break this down. Since we hold Moses and Elijah at the same spot of Jesus, Jesus takes uh, James, John, and Peter up to the Mount. And Jesus is transfigured. What does that mean? That means glory and holiness all over God. They, they, they can physically see Jesus in his true form, just shining with love and glory and truth. And Moses appears. Pop. And Elijah appears. Pop. And what is Peter's first reaction? Jesus, it's good. Yeah, brother, you got it. Jesus, it's good that we're here. I'm going to make a tabernacle to worship all three of you. And what happens? Bright light. Can't see nothing. Blinded. It goes away, and who's the only one who remains? Jesus. Listen to this. Moses, the lawgiver, and Elijah, the greatest prophet, We're all fulfilled in Jesus. The father says, behold, my beloved son, listen only to him. Moses didn't have it 100% right, because if that's the case, Jesus would have let them stone the adulterous woman. We're breaking down some golden calves. If Elijah was 100% right, Jesus would have let James and John cast down fire on the Samaritans. Did he let them do either? No, he said to the Pharisees who wanted to follow the law of Moses, he said, let he who has sin cast the first stone. And what do they all do? They drop their stones because that's the way of Jesus. When James and John asked to murder the Samaritans, Jesus says, what are you talking about? You don't even know whose spirit you are of. What does that tell me? Elijah didn't fully understand the father. Only Jesus. Only person in the Bible we are meant to idolize is Jesus. This is why we have a mixture in the American church of works and grace, and we get uncomfortable because we have been raised in the American church system to only see the Father in a couple different lenses. God, oh y'all, this messed me up. Holy Spirit, whew. God the Father will not and does not do anything Jesus would not. I need you to hear this because some of y'all, listen, when Jesus said, I come to reconcile the the children back to the Father, do you know who he also gave that ministry to? All believers have the ministry of reconciliation. I am trying to take you in a place of reconciliation with the Father because some of y'all have been lost and broken from the Father. You're fine with Jesus because Jesus is awesome to you, but the Father has always messed with you. I'm here to show you the true lens of the Father through Holy Spirit and the Son. Some of y'all are going to be set free today. You're not even going to realize you're free until you wake up tomorrow and those legalistic mindsets aren't on you anymore. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do. I only speak what I hear the Father speak. Jesus never does anything the Father wouldn't do, and the Father never did anything Jesus wouldn't do. Did Jesus come murdering people? The Father would not murder. Y'all, my, ready? My, my new favorite Old Testament passage, since we want to say just believe everything in the Bible like it's like everything is the same. Listen, Scripture says, go kill all the men and take all their virgins. Do, do you see what we've done to the gospel? some of y'all looking like what did he just say read the bible you'll find it I guarantee you'll see it's right there and listen instead of looking to Jesus y'all the father told us to look to Jesus instead of looking to Jesus we have looked to flawed broken men in the American church and in the bible y'all we have made Moses and y'all even David was a murderer and an adulterer y'all the reason scripture uses these men is to show how broken we are Have you noticed that your greatest heroes in the Bible, it always tells a story of their downfall too? Because only one is to be seen as God, and that is Jesus. Do you understand? The Israelites were not even able to get to the promised land until Moses was removed out of the way. Think about that. They worshiped Moses over the father. And so listen, they worshiped Elijah over the father. And so what happens in Jesus, it's all fulfilled and consumed. Now, you don't listen to either one of those men. Listen, this is the reason the world mainly and even the church sometimes can't see the Father. This is why the world says Christians look nothing like God. It's true. We don't because we only see him from an Old Testament perspective of who he truly is. This is why you can have church saying kill all the gay people. What? That's crazy. Everyone who ever commits abortion is going to hell. That's crazy stuff, man. Who are you to judge anyone? My gosh, that's crazy person talk. You know what Jesus said to the Pharisees? Jesus said, you judge everyone by the flesh. I don't even judge anyone. But if I do judge someone, it's because it's the truth. Jesus, yo, Jesus said, I don't judge anyone. Ah, this is, this is where we read our own humanistic anger, our own humanistic wrath into the scriptures when even Jesus said, I judge no one. That is John 8, 13 through 15. For those of you who are like, Jesus didn't say that. And what does scripture say? If you see Jesus, you see who? see the father anyone else feeling a little bit of restoration right now reconciliation to the father the father can only y'all this please just if you're taking notes just write this the father can only be seen when we take the lens of the spirit listen john 16 13 through 15 says the holy spirit only speaks what he hears the father say first uh, corinthians 2 10 through 12 tells us that the spirit searches even the depths of god who lives inside of you now if you believe in Jesus Christ? Holy Spirit. Only through Holy Spirit can we see the Father. Scripture tells us in John fourteen nine, and also in John 8, Jesus says, if you see me, you see the Father. But he also said, I and the Father are one. Hmm. So only can we see the Father if we take Holy Spirit, Jesus, Father, and see him as he rightfully is. Not what you were taught in church, because a lot of y'all were mistaught in church. I, we all have had things put in us that are not biblically or factually true about Jesus or Jesus. <laughs> Go back to the example, and I, I think this is how we've seen the Father. We see, they saw one example of the Father, and so they took that to be the normality of who he is. And so if you see me even pop Ezra for being, y'all may not even know what he done. But I popped his little chunky thigh, right? And he starts crying. Y'all would be like, abuse, abuse. But you didn't see how for two hours I just sat there and let him do what he wanted to do. Do you understand the Father for all of eternity has let humans, for all the time we've existed, do whatever we want to do. Always extending a hand of love, always extending a hand of mercy and grace, but he just let us do what we want to do. And the one time something happens we don't like, he's evil, he's horrible. But Adam and Eve, even after having to leave the garden, still turned to the Father and worshipped. Because they were the only two humans before seeing Jesus to ever see the heart of the Father. Hmm. John 3, 16, our favorite. John three sixteen through 19. For God so loved the world. I'm going to emphasize the words love we see in here. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. For God did not, Lord Jesus. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world, but that through Him the world might be saved. Mm, He who believes in Him is not condemned. Golly, we got so many Christians living in condemnation, acting like the Father's going to flick us into hell at any moment. Our understanding is so flawed. The Father loves you, but he who does not believe is already condemned. Does God condemn people? No. Their belief and mindset condemns them, not the father, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. And this, listen, this is the condemnation, verse 19, that the light has come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. The only condemnation is not even from the father. It's seeing Jesus and rejecting him. <laughs> mm. I, I got to correct a mindset I hear all the time it's just some older some of my saints that God is after sinners. Trying to smite them or condemn them. Y'all, that's not even biblical. That's not even biblical. Jesus is called the what of sinners? Friend of sinners. So, what does that make God? Friend of sinners. Y'all, this is the gospel that while we were still stuck in our sin, not that we loved him, but that he loved us and he gave his son to come die for us while we didn't even know him. This is the gospel. St. Augustine said this. He said, God, y'all, I love the early church fathers. I'm learning so much from them. Why? Because the early church fathers were literally taught by the disciples who followed Jesus. St. Augustine said this. St. Augustine said, God is a master artist. And he said, just like God is a master artist, it's just like those who are master artists on the earth. If you have a masterpiece, oh, Lord Jesus, if you have a masterpiece and you mess up one thing, are you going to scratch the whole masterpiece? No. going to go in and fix it that's what God has done with the world he could have scrapped it but no no that's not the heart of the father the heart of the father is not vengeful and angry he did not scrap the whole masterpiece he came in himself to fix it do you understand that's how the early church fathers understood God not as wrathful, not as evil, not as angry. They understood him as the master artist who created all things and didn't want to leave it broken, so he came in to fix it. Did you know Scripture said all things have already been restored? What? All things have already been restored to the Father. We're just waiting for the culmination of history. All things have been restored to the Father. Hmm. Some of us are not ready to receive that. I'm going to stop. Hmm. Listen, let's, let's talk about the wrath of God. I talked about this a little bit last week. Let's talk about, we're gonna talk about three things. Let's talk about the wrath of God as we see in Romans chapter one. Romans chapter one tells us that the wrath of God is not throwing people into hell. The wrath of God is not striking people with disease. The wrath of God is releasing you from his love. Read the whole context of Romans chapter 1. It said those were doing things they were not meant to do in their bodies, so God released them to do whatever they wanted to do. The worst thing God will ever do to anyone is release. That's going to change some of y'all's mindsets right here. The worst thing God will ever do, y'all, this is biblical, y'all, Lord Jesus. The worst thing God will, listen, for those of you who thought that anytime you messed up, you lost your salvation, that is a lie. My gosh, so many Christians live in condemnation because we think we, we fall one time and everything's over. we got to restart our whole walk with Jesus. My gosh, that is so flawed. The wrath of God is releasing you from his love. Do you know what true hell is? Not having peace. You Listen, where God is, there is heaven. So what's the opposite? Hell. I'm not talking about fire and flames like we always think. I'm talking chaos in your mind. No peace to sleep at night. No love in your heart, only hatred. No joy. That's hell. And so guess what? The thing is, the fact of the matter is we don't know God is love because many of us have never actually experienced it, so we can't even speak into it. Let's talk about judgment. Let's go back to 8, John chapter 8, 15 through 16. Jesus says, you judge according to the flesh, I judge no one. And yet, if I do judge, my judgment is true, for I am not alone, but I am with the Father who sent me. Does Jesus judge anyone? Oh, Lord Jesus. Let's talk, about, let's talk about condemnation, condemning. John three sixteen. for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. In the New Testament, the word love is used 183 times. I need you to hear this. The word love is used 183 times. Wrath, condemnation, and judgment are the equivalent of 48 times. The word love is used over all of these different phrases we pound on people and it's used over it 35 times. So what does that tell me is more important to the Father? The love. He does not want you to be scared of him. Listen, you cannot scare people into loving Jesus. That we've tried to use that for the past 50 years, and that's why barely anyone in my generation goes to church. Mm. Listen, God is love, but don't get it twisted. Listen, God is not our superficial, fickle, conditional, lust-filled love. Listen, we, I love hearing people who don't even believe in God say, God is love, not your flawed, horrible understanding of love. It's called agape love, y'all. Do you know what that means? That means God has goodwill towards all humanity. You think an angry person would have that in his heart? <sighs> Come on now. God so loved the world. This is what the early church fathers said. I love this. Ready? God is 100% love and nothing else. And everything he does flows out of his love. Y'all, these are the people who walk with Jesus. Y'all, they, they talk to people literally while the disciples were alive, they wrote this. 40 years after the death of Jesus, this was written. They said, God is 100% love And nothing else. And everything he does flows out of his love. Can I tell you something? The father is proud of you for just existing. Scripture says that even if we as flawed fathers can pour out love on our natural children, how much does the father love us? Think about this. When both of my sons were born, they didn't do nothing. They just popped out all nasty and slimy looking like aliens. (laughs) Hadn't even pooped yet. Hadn't even peed yet, hadn't even eaten yet, and I was already proud of them. I was proud of Ezra for just existing. I was proud of Emmett for just existing. And those of you who in here have children know they're not always going to be perfect. Sometimes the spirit of slap is going to come upon you. And you're going to have to let the Holy Spirit just work that out of you. But the fact of the matter is, that is just how y'all. Jesus used that comparison because it would be so relatable to human beings. How many of y'all have had children who just did something wild? Like, you were like, Are you joking me? Do you still love them? Hmm. How many of y'all still love those kids? Yeah? Hmm. If you still love those kids, imagine how the Father loves you. Adam was created to just exist with the Holy Trinity. Work didn't come till the fall. Did you know, Scripture says, everything has been restored? You just gotta exist. (laughs) I need y'all to think about that because there is freedom when you find your existence in the Father. Mm. Selah, pause and ponder that real quick. All you have to do for the Father to be proud of you is exist. Scripture says that the Father wants your heart to be reconciled back to him. The Father never left us. We left him. The Father has never had hatred in his heart for his creation. But the creation has had hatred in their heart for the Father. So Jesus has come. (laughs) Fully God. Fully man. Listen. Listen. How would God treat prostitutes the same way Jesus did? How would God treat alcoholics and drug dealers and addicts the same way Jesus did? But we, supposedly carrying the image of God, have ran those people out of our doors. Was it because God told us to or was it because our lenses taught us to? I need you to understand this. Did God tell us to or did our lenses teach us to? You cannot remove the Father and the Son when you see the Father. You see the Son and when you see the Son, you see the Father. I'm here to tell you today that that is the gospel. That when you see Jesus, you see the Father and you see the heart of the Father. And he wants to reconcile you back to his Love. And it's so funny because, do you know, the way we live according to God, we exist. We love the Holy Trinity. Y'all listen. This is also we don't understand. Moses said, love the Lord your God. He is one. He didn't even understand God was three. Think about this. Moses didn't even see God was three. How could he? Do you see? This is why I say love the Holy Trinity. They are one. Love the Holy Trinity. They are one. And guess what? Love your neighbor as yourself. In this, y'all, all all the law and all the prophets are fulfilled. Why are you looking to Moses and Elijah when you can just live this thing? Y'all, church is so simple. Jesus is so simple. It takes humans to complicate it. The new covenant, all you're called to do is love the Holy Trinity and love each other. This is the gospel. Will you please stand with me? Those of you who are willing to posture your hearts to receive, will you please raise your hands to heaven? If there's anyone in this room that you just feel so far from Jesus, let, let, let me tell you something. This set me free. Ephesians 2.13 says, those of you who were once alienated from the family have been brought into the family by the blood of Jesus. You can't do nothing to get yourself out that family. I don't care how distant you feel. Y'all, emotions are the biggest liar in the world. Hmm. So those of you who, man, you just want to walk with Jesus, even, even if you're already walking with Jesus, you want to walk with him in a new way. Hmm. I just want you to posture in your heart to receive. I'm not calling you forward to the altar. You don't need that. You don't need me even laying hands on you. It's Jesus who does the work through the Holy Spirit. So right now in this moment, if you just want to posture your heart to receive gospel in a new way, to walk in a new freedom of understanding. <laughs> you just got to exist to please the Father. And walk in his love, through his love. Not human definition of love. Don't get it twisted. <laughs> but the unconditional agape love of the Father. Towards his creation, his masterpiece. That he sent his son in the world to redeem us and reconcile us to the heart of the Father. Which he's already done. You just got to walk in it. Ha! <laughs> no work on your part. There's freedom in that. You find yourself loving things you never loved to do before because now you do it out of love instead of having to. Man, I used to hate prayer, y'all. I'm just going to be honest with quick. I used to hate prayer because I felt like I had to sit in a closet for an hour by myself to hear God. Now I walk with him. All things have been restored in Jesus. Everything Adam, Adam destroyed, Jesus has restored. So what does that mean? Just as Adam walked with the Holy Trinity in the garden, I can walk with the Holy Trinity on the earth. Ha! <laughs> Why? Because where Jesus goes, heaven is restored. You can live in heaven in your heart on this earth. Peace, love, joy. Man. King Jesus. I just want you to pray in your heart. I don't need you to repeat after me. Why? Because a prayer doesn't save you. Jesus does. It's not a special formula. Simple as this. Jesus, I love you. I want to walk with you. I want to talk with you. I want to live in you because it says we no longer live, but Christ. Mm. <laughs> so Jesus, we love you. And Lord, I just pray that every heart that is postured to receive, whether been a Christian for 40 years or just now wanting to walk with Jesus. My gosh, that father, our lenses are removed and we're able just to start seeing you as you are. And listen, y'all, my prayer has been Holy Spirit, offend my legalism. Holy Spirit, I want revelation, even if it offends my legalism. I want you to lead people in my life that will offend my legalism and cause me to live like Jesus. King Jesus, we want you. We love you. We want to walk in your gospel. Truly, every day. Because the gospel is a journey. To walk with Jesus. So Jesus, I pray every person right now as they posture their hearts to receive, that it would just be like a revelation dump in their heart this week. That they wake up every day seeing you in a new way, feeling your love in a new way, experiencing you in a new way and understanding that your love is not confined to a church building. But we are now the tabernacles and temples of the Holy Spirit. And that everywhere we go, the kingdom of God is established because the kingdom of God now lives in us. (laughs) Holy Spirit, I just pray for deeper revelation. That all of us come back next Sunday seeking the gospel deeper, not, not offended by things that go against our tradition, but able to see Jesus for who he is through Holy Spirit, seeing the Father as he is, walking in freedom, not believing in a different gospel, which is works plus grace, but walking in the grace of King Jesus, because he's already done the work and he said, it is finished, Period. Restored all things into the Father. That's that's the gospel. (laughs) Jesus, thank you for undoing everything Adam did. And that Adam is not greater than you, Jesus. All things are restored in the person of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I believe everyone who posture their heart to receive has received. (laughs) In your mighty name we pray. Amen. And amen. Thank you guys again for being here today. Um, Listen, I do want to encourage you, for those of you who had never heard something quite like that, it's okay. Seek. Seek Jesus. Find him. Why? Because Jesus never hides from anyone. He's always there. He's always available. Always ready to show you newness of life. So I want to encourage you. don't, Don't get mad. Don't get offended because this is something different. But lean into the mystery of the gospel. And walk in freedom by just existing in Jesus. Because the sins of the world were purged in the man of Jesus. So you can be holistically free. Hmm. I'm not even sure how to transition this, y'all. Uh, I guess we're just letting everybody go over? Yeah? Yeah, I don't usually do this part, so I'm like, oh, uh, what's up? Um, All right, you guys can get your families together and y'all can head over to the activity center. If you are not quite sure where that is, it is literally...